Hello once again listeners and welcome to the Lancet Gastroenterology and Hepatology podcast in conversation with I'm Hugh Thomas, the Deputy Editor. In this episode we're discussing a population-based study investigating the role of the proximal serrated polyp detection rate as a colonoscopy quality indicator. This study appears in our August issue and delighted to say that joining me today to discuss the paper is Dr. Joop Eisbert, who is a joint first author on the paper alongside Dr. David Van Toledo. Dr. Eisbert is a gastroenterology and hepatology resident at Amsterdam University Medical Centers. His research interests involve the clinical management of colorectal serrated polyps, treatments for serrated polyposis syndrome, and some translational work on the malignant transformation of serrated polyps. Dr. Eisbert, thank you very much for joining us and welcome to the podcast. Hi. Many of our listeners will be quite familiar with uh, adenoma detection rate or, or ADR. Um, just to set the scene for everyone, can you give us a bit of an overview of its role as a quality indicator for colonoscopy? Yeah, so very, first of all, thank you very much for uh, having me here. It's a pleasure to to talk about our uh, article. So yeah, the ADR is well known. I think what is the ADR? It's the percentage of colonoscopies in which an individual endoscopist detects at least one adenoma. So it's a percentage of, of colonoscopies. And there's a um, a known association between the ADR of an endoscopist and the risk of, of interval postcolonoscopy colorectal cancers in patients that were treated by this endoscopist. So this was uh, shown in two, in two articles by Kaminsky et al. and Cordy et al. So it's a well-known um, uh, colonoscopy quality parameter. Um, and it's internationally accepted as the most important colonoscopy quality parameter besides the sequentivation rate and bowel preparation score. And a cutoff of 25% is generally accepted in international guidelines. Uh, but it has also has several limitations. Uh, first of all, in fit-based screening, uh, the median ADR is about 60 to 70% because yeah, this population is enriched for, for an adenoma. So this diminishes the clinical use of the ADR in, in this population um, because everyone is good enough uh, always. Uh, and furthermore, furthermore, up to 30% of colorectal cancers develop from serrated polyps and not from adenomas. Uh, and the ADR might not be, not be a good parameter to evaluate someone's ability to detect serrated polyps. And serrated polyps are generally difficult to detect due to their inconspicuous appearance. And studies show that um, the association between someone's serrated polyp detection rate and adenoma detection rate is not that high. So you can't say that if your ADR is good enough, also your ability to detect serrated polyps is good enough. Sure. And so just coming back to this point about serrated polyps, um, there have been a number of parameters proposed to evaluate uh, the detection rate of serrated polyps. Why did you choose to focus in on the proximal serrated polyp detection rate, the PSPDR, rather than, say, any of the other parameters that are out there? Yeah, so serrated polyps can be subdivided into hyperplastic polyps, sessile serrated lesions, and traditional serrated adenomas. While uh, hyperplastic polyps are generally uh, innocent and often uh, located in the distal colon, uh, sessile serrated lesions uh, are more often located in the proximal colon and are considered pre-malignant. TSAs, uh, traditional serrated adenomas, are also pre-malignant, but they are very rare. So several parameters uh, for serrated polyp detection have been proposed all aimed at evaluating the detection of relevant serrated polyps by individual endoscopists. So these are the PSPDRs, so the proximal serrated polyp detection rate, the sessile serrated lesion detection rate, and the serrated polyp detection rate overall. And we chose the proximal serrated polyp detection rate 
because um, it has it has several advantages. First, the um, so the differentiation between hyperplastic polyps and sessile serrated lesions they are quite difficult for a pathologist to make, even for expert pathologists. So if you're going to look at the SSL detection rate, are you looking at the at a good pathologist or are you looking at a good endoscopist? So that's the problem. And the second problem is if you're going to take the serrated polyp detection rate overall, uh, many people have distal hyperplastic polyps. So if you're going to resect one of these innocent distal hyperplastic polyps, you will have a positive colonoscopy in case of a serrated polyp detection rate. So that's why we chose the proximal serrated polyp detection rate, leaving out the distal hyperplastic polyps and also leaving out the histopathology differentiation between hyperplastic polyps and SSLs. And we showed in the past in an expert setting that the proximal serrated polyp detection rate and the SSL detection rate with ultra expert endoscopists and expert pathologists, those are very good uh, associated with each other. So we think this is the best uh, yeah, quality parameter for common practice. So just going back to your study then, um, Although you know the concept of looking at PSPDR has been suggested before, uh, amongst those other uh, uh, parameters related to serrated polyp detection, um, the association between PSPDR and risk of interval postcolonoscopy cancer hasn't been studied yet. Um, how did you design your study to investigate that question? Yeah, so this study was performed using data from the Dutch population screening, so colonoscopy screening. Uh, so this is a population in which asymptomatic individuals with a positive uh, fit test were offered uh, a colonoscopy and all data were prospectively collected within a centralized database, uh, which we could use and data on the colorectal cancer were uh, collected from the National Cancer Registry and these were uh, combined to each other. Um, and patients that received a colonoscopy between 2014 and 2020 were eligible for, for inclusion in our study. And um, so we calculated the proximal serrated polyp detection rate and uh, um, uh, showed which were interval colorectal cancers and the association between endoscopist individual PSPDR and their patient's risk of interval cancer. They were evaluated using a Cox proportional hazard regression analysis. And uh, additionally, that's what I think is the best part of the study. We evaluated the risk of interval cancers for endoscopists with a PSPDR and an ADR above the median versus endoscopists with either one of both parameters below the median to show the incremental impact of, of the PSPDR above uh, the ADR. So now onto your key findings. Can you just take us through them? Yeah, this is the most interesting part, of course. <laughs> so during this 30 period, uh, 330,000 colonoscopies were, were done, of which uh, 278,000 were included for our analysis. And these were performed by 441 endoscopists. Uh, median PSPDR was 12% with an interquartile range of 8 to 16. Median ADR was 66%. And the correlation between the PSPDR and the ADR was only moderate. So they weren't, you couldn't say that an ADR stands for a good PSPDR, but it's correlated in some way. Uh, and during a median follow-up of 33 months, uh, in total 305 interval colorectal cancers were detected. And for each percentage increase in PSPDR, the hazard of interval colorectal cancer was uh, 7% lower. So ever, every per percentage increase in PSPDR showed a 7% lower hazard of, of interval cancers. 
Patients treated with by endoscopies with the PSPDR and an ADR above the median showed to have the lowest risk to develop intervocal colorectal cancers. So those were the main results. Okay, so thinking more broadly then, what are the clinical implications for these findings? Yeah, so I think these findings suggest that improving an endoscopy's PSPDR could optimize colonoscopy effectiveness and also reduce the incidence of interval post-colonoscopy colorectal cancers. Uh, so our data supports universal adoption of the PSPDR as a separate quality indicator alongside the ADR. So I also just wanted to pick up on one further aspect, which is uh, some suggestions to be made that you know ADR already has substantial variation among endoscopists and uh, in certain settings and across certain healthcare systems. And perhaps our resources might be better directed at improving ADR than trying to bring up PSPDR, uh, which is substantially lower. You know, this concept that ADR is more low-hanging fruit. Um, how do you see PSPDR fitting into the quality indicator landscape? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think PSPDR should be seen as an add-on to the ADR to further improve colonoscopy quality. So in case the resources are in a specific setting are not yet optimized to measure or benchmark the ADR, this should be done first, I think. However, if this is already properly measured, the PSPDR could be introduced to further improve colonoscopy quality. So, yeah, I think it should really be seen as, as something extra. Yeah, great. Um, and, and what do you see then as a future work? How are you going to take this forward? Yeah, so future studies could also focus on the development and validation of, of, of training, uh, e-learnings or um, normal training to increase the detection rate of threaded polyps among, among low-detecting endoscopists. So hopefully when you train someone, you can increase someone's proximal threaded polyp detection rate, and then you will have lower interval cancers. We have to show that that works at this way. It's easy to just think that this will work, but we have to prove it as well, I think. Uh, Dr. Eisbeer, thank you very much for joining us to talk about your paper. It was uh, a pleasure. Thank you. You can read the article on the PSPDR study online now at thelancet.com. Thank you to Dr. Eisbeard, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Lancet Gastroenterology and Hepatology podcast, In Conversation With. Remember, you can subscribe to In Conversation With wherever you usually get your podcasts.